hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance, and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, are now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. I'm almost waiting for the countdown, Clow. The countdown is over. We're going to start counting down to the re-election of Trump yet? We'll wait a while. We'll wait. Uh, glad you're with us. Buckle up. Um, as you, as I sit here for hours preparing this show every day, and I'm watching what's going on, what we're going to describe to you today is only the tip of the iceberg in terms of what is going, what the next two years is going to be like. The most interesting and fa- fascinating thing, well, before I get to that, it was so sad, this shooting that took place in California, this bar last night. It hit home very close to me, very dear friend of mine, uh, well known to the uh, Fox News Channel audience, Adam Housley and his wonderful wife. They still have not heard from their niece who was in the bar and grill, and he's been texting. He texted me earlier, and I said, whatever I could do, and he just he keeps tweeting out to pray, and if you could say a prayer for all of these people. Twelve people killed in this shooting, this rampage that took place. It was an ex-Marine who has been identified as the subject. Uh, no incident except that he just basically, he would quote, he was just trying to kill people. Uh, one, of the per- one of the people who spoke to the man at the grill when the gunman started open fire late Wednesday night, this is out on the West Coast, Hundreds of people were at the venue for a country music night event. Shots rang out. You know, now 13 people, if you include the gunman being dead, and just walked on the dance floor to the bar, and people are hearing gunshots at the entrance and looking over, just shooting people left and right. 
Our thoughts and prayers are with all the people out there. It is, uh, it is a very ugly, at times evil and dangerous world, and we all have to be so, so careful, and you just never know when these maniacs are next to you, which raises a lot of the issues of what we have going on. Um, I want to start in the state of Florida because it looks like the typical, predictable, democratic tactics of whatever it takes to win might be going on as it relates to the election of Rick Scott as the new senator from Florida and, of course, Ron DeSantis, the new governor of Florida. Uh, I first took note of this when I saw Marco Rubio's tweet from earlier today. Broward election supervisors ongoing violation of Florida law requiring timely reporting isn't just annoying incompetence. It has opened the door for lawyers to come here and try and steal a seat in the U.S. Senate and Florida cabinet. Now, the margin of victory of the Florida Senate race, that's Rick Scott's race, has gone from 53,000 votes on election nights to 22,000 votes. And it all seems to be coming down to one county. And that would be, now shocking, Broward County, home of the hanging, swinging, dimpled, pimpled, you know, Chad uh, controversy in, in 2000 with Bush and Gore. And the Board of Elections that is refusing to now say how many ballots remain to be counted. They don't have a there are laws that they've got to be upholding here. Uh, my sources are telling me that, in fact, there is a now an ongoing investigation into what has happened down there. And each day more votes are just appearing out of nowhere from Nelson and Gillum. And uh, although others have told me that there's not enough votes there that could change the outcome of the race. But it's not the point. Every other Florida county every year gets their votes in and gets them in on time. We're also waiting for an update at some point today on what the latest is out of Arizona, where Martha McSally holds on to a slim lead out there. Um, you know, the, the, the pro, what, what has happened here is, and you can see it, you can see the anger. If you watched television last night, how amazing the left-wing Democratic arm, propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, they... They don't they didn't even want to talk about the election because they know that what happened, it stunned and shocked them. I said that there were three possible outcomes before the election. Look, it was not, it, it was never great likely to happen with 44 retirements in the first midterm, knowing the headwinds of history only happening three times since 1914. You know, what happened to Donald Trump and his hard campaigning for these candidates? It's Donald Trump that helped win Florida for Scott and DeSantis. It was Donald Trump that campaigned hard for Marsha Blackburn, and she won. Josh Hawley had so much support from Donald Trump, uh, as did, you know, the new senator-elect from North Dakota, who beat Heidi Heitkamp. And then, of course, Michael Braun in Indiana, and was still awaiting results in Arizona. All of that, don't underestimate, and it, it's driving the left. They're angry. They are bitter. Uh, they're, you know, I watched the Democrats today. You have Pelosi, Schumer, Schiff, and Warner demanding that the Department of Justice, FBI, defy the president's order as it relates to redactions and declassifications. That would be of the FISA warrants. The 302s and the Gang of Eight materials. They don't, they're not even in these positions. And then we got talk after talk of what they want for investigative work. 
And it is, it's getting very, very ugly here. We're going to watch what's happening down in Florida now very, very closely. And, you know, the, the Democrats down in Florida have been stunned by the results. They never saw this coming. The media had it wrong. The pollsters had it wrong again. And the sole statewide race, you know, statewide elected Democrat, Bill Nelson, losing his seat, Gillum losing his seat, and now Gillum tweeting out, well, we got to make sure all these Broward County ballots that we never knew about before. You know, actually, Marco Rubio is now warning Democrats are about to steal the Florida Senate and governor's seat. It was on Capitol Hill today. And when the polls closed, he had such a big lead, you know, of nearly 60,000. And uh, Scott's lead is now down about less than 30,000. And Florida's Senate race appears headed for a recount. Now the governor's race appears headed for a recount. And Broward also is experienced at this. You have Democrat leading. I always watch on election nights. You remember in 2016, and, and we were at 99% forever, or 97%. And then all of us just never came in for hours and hours and hours. It's always Palm Beach, Broward counties. Broward has, quote, an unusual undervote pattern they are now claiming. Mark Elias, the lawyer. Sound familiar? Yeah, that Mark Elias. And data on the County Board of Elections site shows that more votes were cast for down-ballot offices like governor and attorney general and even chief financial officer than the Senate race. Elias said he's pretty confident this resulted from a calibration or scanning issue. Now, there's no scanning issue. There's a potential, in my view. Uh, let's see if we can get votes and dimpled, pimpled, shattered and scattered, smothered and covered any way we can get them. You know, they just keep adjusting downward the lead of Governor Scott, Senator Scott, because that's what he won this race. And the same thing with Rick DeSantis. Um, so we're going to find out. I, I have talked to people. This is now being watched more closely than people know. And uh, I hope that Florida law, by the way, requires counties report early voting and vote by mail within 30 minutes after the polls close. 43 hours after the polls close, two Democratic strongholds, Broward County, Palm Beach County are still counting. Not refusing to disclose how many ballots they had left to count. I mean, from 3 a.m. Wednesday, the slow drip from these two Democratic controlled counties literally cut Rick Scott's lead from 54,000 to 17,000 votes, and they refuse to disclose how many ballots they have left. And Florida being Florida, you know, okay, you're going to have now, that triggers a, a recount. That's more opportunity for shenanigans. I don't trust anything that these people down there do, anything. And the fact that after 2000, taking it through December into a Supreme Court decision, where George Bush becomes the president, that we are back in this same mess again is in un, it's it is just flabbergasting to me. And you know exactly what's going on down there. How do they get to just not abide by the law? How do they get to we're days out now? How do they just defy the law? Who's going to be held accountable for not obeying the laws of Florida? Every other county in Florida did their job. You have the two most liberal counties in Florida, again, purposely holding back votes. Who knows what, who knows, you can't trust them. Now we have another problem that is emerging that is getting really, really scary. That was interesting when we talked a lot about the mob showing up and, 
And Sarah Sanders and her family run out of not one restaurant, but two restaurants. And Kristen Nielsen, the Secretary of Homeland Security, she's run out of a restaurant. Pam Bondi, the Attorney General of Florida, she's run out of a movie theater. Ted Cruz and his wife run out of a restaurant. Mitch McConnell run out of pretty much everything. Have a guy banging his fist down on his on his table, taking his food and throwing it out the restaurant door. We're calling it a mob. CNN saying, oh, it's not a mob. You can't use the word mob. We're not going to use the word mob. And all these people, look at what happened recently to Brian Kilmeade. You know, followed into the subway for crying out loud, being harassed by these lunatics on the left. Well, now we have first my friend and my colleague, and I talked to him at length last night, Tucker Carlson. We now had, what, 20, 30 people right in front of his house. He doesn't have a gate. He doesn't, you know, it's in Washington. It's right on the street. It's a pretty well-known area, known, known part of town. Anyway, so they get in front of his seat, and, and it's far worse than has been reported is all I will say to you. And she'd been in the house alone with Tucker's wife going to make dinner, and there's a pounding on the front door and screaming and someone throwing themselves against the front door, cracking the front door open. His wife, thinking it was a home invasion, locked herself in a pantry, had to call 911. Turns out to be these radical left-wing you know, individuals that have been now showing up pretty much everywhere that they can. And it seems it's only happening to conservatives. On top of that, we have uh, an Antifa mob showing up. That You know, apparently it's Antifa. I don't know for sure in this case if it is, but we have the Gateway Pundit reporting that people associated with Antifa, or at least saying that they are, haven't confirmed it yet myself, but they're literally putting up the home addresses of Tucker and Ann Coulter and yours truly. And anyway, it's called doxing and hoping that people will show why. What are they trying to create here? A massive confrontation, just like we saw during the Kavanaugh hearings. What do you think? What what good is going to come out of this? There's not been any go through these incidents that happened way before the election. Democrats were quiet. It's even gone so far. MSNBC host. Rachel Maddow gets also angry over the election results, tweeting, it's happening. This is the break the glass in case of emergency plan to protect the Mueller investigation. And then listing tomorrow, Thursday, uh, protests are taking place, you know, promoting a moveon.org event that claims nobody's above the law. It's happening, a break-the-glass emergency situation. We knew this would happen at some point. Oh, let's just give out the information to everybody. Apparently, 900-plus protect Mueller events and protests are planned tomorrow already, and they're giving out the the addresses of, of prominent conservatives, and yeah, yours truly in the process. I'm not worried, by the way. I am not at all. Um, I'm not going to live my life in fear or be intimidated by anybody ever. Um, but I will tell you, they are creating a scenario, just like we saw in the Kavanaugh hearing, something bad, set, and I don't want it to happen, is going to happen. Remember I said, and you know, and then they were, but on the other hand, while all these people are being chased out of restaurants, you know, if the crowd at a Trump rally says fake news, or CNN sucks, this is, the president's inciting violence. No, he's not. He's just saying your news coverage sucks. 
I even said at the time, Jim Acosta, we've got some news on him today, that if anyone laid a hand on him at, a, at an event I was at, I'd go defend him. I'd stand on his side. I don't want any conservative ever getting violent because of a political disagreement. But now we're going to have news organizations. Tom Brokaw, you're proud, your news organization. You're tweeting out the break the glass moments in case of emergency. And here's where the 900 protests are taking place tomorrow, Thursday, November 8th. We knew this would happen. The day's arrived. Break the glass moments. Show up. But they claim to be news people. And they criticize me. And I am honest as the day is long. I'm a talk show host. We do news. We do opinion. We do investigative reporting, straight reporting, commentary, opinion. We do it all. We are the whole newspaper. They're supposed to be just the news part of the newspaper, but they're not. They're only the opinion part, basically an extension of all things Democrat. You know, we always talk about these horrible events, shootings, bombings, terror, you know, and every time I try to think of these are real people, real families, just devastated. Just devastated. Adam Housley's been a very close friend of mine, reporter at the Fox News Channel for many years, and his 18-year-old niece was one of the people killed in the shooting that took place in this bar in California. It's unbelievable. I've been texting with him today, and it, it literally just came across the wires. There's, why, why is there such horrific darkness, evil at times in this world? 9-11, evil. People that shoot innocent people are evil. When you look at you know horrific violence against children and rape, it is evil. Why are people like this? So sad. You know, how do we have 100 million souls die in the last century? Fascism, communism, Nazism, evil. Just sad. My thoughts and prayers are with my good friend. I was at the bar with my buddies, and uh, they were all by the bar, and I was by the dance floor. And uh, as I walked over um, by the front door of the bar, all of a sudden I heard shooting to my left, and I looked over, and he was shooting at people, and then he started aiming it toward the crowd that I was in. So I immediately ducked down and started running toward a wall behind me and jumped over it onto some tables. Uh, He was in all black, and he was... Um, that's all I can know. All I know is when he pointed the gun at me, I was out of there. He, uh, started shooting at in my direction and I could hear the whistling over my head. So I ducked down behind some chairs and tables. It was just aimless shooting in any direction. And he pointed and just started shooting at the crowd that I was in. He was just trying to kill people. That was, uh, Tyler Spady describing the horror that took place. 13 now dead. And I found out a very good friend of mine, Adam Housley, been friends for a long time. He just recently left the Fox News Channel, but one of our best reporters. They're all great, but he's one of the best. And um, him and his wife, they had their, they lost their 18-year-old niece in the shooting. I talked to him, been texting with him earlier in the day, and it just came over the reports. We just saw being reported that, in fact, it, he has confirmed it, apparently. Um, many, many prayers. Every time this happens, you, you've got to remember something. These are, these families are devastated, just devastated. I know there's politics. I know people often race to, to one answer and the end, take away the guns. I, I think evil comes from the heart. 
of some sick, ugly, twisted individual. It has nothing to do with politics. We've seen lunatics on the left, lunatics that consider themselves on the right. It doesn't matter. Evil is evil. And uh, the one thing that they have in common is they have no respect for human life at all. I don't know what causes it. I'm not a doctor. I can't psychoanalyze it. All I know is people's lives are devastated. I know I've taken a position that I would, I'd love to see retired policemen armed, retired military armed around the perimeters. They can be undercover in, on every floor of every school. So there's ways that you could do it inexpensively. Just let them in, not pay any taxes, for example. You, know, you work 15 hours a week, you donate your time, and we'll let you get off tax-free for those retired military, retired police, you know, retired law enforcement guys, the guys that spent their whole lives protecting people. It's there, I bet it would be a lot of these guys' honor to help out. And you're going to say, well, we can't have them. Well, we, we can have them in a lot of places, but it's, it's not a debate to me. It's just keep people safe from evil people, good people safe from evil people. You know, it, it's interesting. Now, and to the credit of some in the media, after this incident happened, I know everyone in the White House, everyone's supposed to be upset. Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta was rude, over the top, out of control, didn't want to ask the president a question. He wanted to debate the president. That's not what his role is. He is a hardcore left winger. Uh, people see he's agenda driven. Obviously, he likes the confrontation because then it gets him back on TV. CNN gets to play the victim of the bad old president. But the reality is, I remember saying this during the Obama years, that I the hardest interview I would ever do is if I had to interview Barack Obama. Now, I did ask and request interviews. I never got them, which is fine. And I never got a single interview. But it would be the hardest interview I'd have to do because I just think you have to be respectful of the office of the presidency. You just have to do it. Now, it doesn't mean you can't interrupt, you can't push, you can't ask tough questions, you can't do follow-ups. There's a, there's, there is a, a very fine line, though, in terms of trying to get in the second question, third question, you know, and then just outright being mean and debating. When the president says sit down four times, it's time to sit down. And, you know, what I know Obama would do in any interview with me would be frustrating. They'd give me a, a finite period of time, say it was 10, 15 minutes. I'd get three questions in because then he'd filibuster. And, he'd, and if I tried to interrupt, he said, let me finish. And it's the president. What are you going to do? It's hard. If it's a pundit, if it's a political figure, it's fair game. It's a different story. Um, You know, I just think it's you, you've got to show respect. So he lost his credentials so i guess that's what the media is all up in arms about but their tone and conduct has been especially in the lead up to this election i don't think there's an adjective negative adjective from racist sexist i mean that has not been leveled almost on a hourly basis and more against this president it's obvious that the media is upset they're angry they didn't like tuesday's results and they're frustrated, which is why they barely talk about it. Now they're on to Jeff Sessions has fired a crisis. So the media, in the lead up to all this, you couldn't say the word mob on fake news CNN. Couldn't say it. 
but there were mobs surrounding all of these people in restaurants, and I kept saying, this is not going to end well. Sarah, somebody's going to get hurt or worse. I said it how many times? Sarah Sanders and her family kicked not one restaurant, two. Secretary Nielsen has to leave. She can't eat her meal. Ted Cruz, same thing. Pam Bondi, same thing. A boulder is thrown through Kevin McCarthy's office window. Then we have Mitch McConnell, guy banging on his table. He's just sitting there with his wife having a bite to eat. Leave the guy alone. Takes his food off the, the table and throws it out the restaurant door and starts screaming at him. We've seen these lunatics that want to go viral. You know, they catch a famous person they don't like in the streets. They're sticking the cameras right in your grill. Somebody's going to defend themselves if they feel threatened at some point. Then they're going to want to sue if you defend yourself. So it's a fine line for the people that are being followed. But somebody's going to be hurt. Now we have Tucker Carlson, you know, and I talked to him at length last night. It's been very hard for him and his family. He doesn't have any property, so to speak, of. He lives in Washington, D.C., north, well, I won't say where, obviously, but he lives in Washington, D.C. It's not, a, not like you're buying an acre or two. It's row housing. His poor wife, the Washington Post reporting, she had been in the kitchen trying to get ready for dinner. She heard a pounding on the front door and all these people out there screaming. And they actually cracked the front door. His wife thinks it's a home invasion, has to call 911. Thank God none of the kids were home at the time. All it is is a protest. According to a, the Washington Post, they describe it as a now-deleted social media post shared by Smash Racism DC, a local, quote, anti-fascist organization. Really? Whose members have been tied up with other demonstrators, prominent Republican groups, et cetera, et cetera. Want to go after If you don't agree with Tucker Carlson, so what? When I ran into Senator Blumenthal of Connecticut during the Kavanaugh hearings, I said, hi. I didn't like a thing he says or did. Now we have Gateway Pundit also reporting. I'm going to get to our guests here. I don't have my screener up, so I have no idea who it is. Um, but my... You know, now D.C. Antifa, according to the Gateway Pundit, is doing what's called doxing. And that's publishing the home addresses of Tucker, Coulter, people like me and others. And what they're saying is, well, we'll not be naming the account or linking to it, blah, 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 blah. This account has over 3,000 followers. The docs of right-wing media figures was posted along with the message asserting that politics affects people's lives. They're demanding that the people they're harassing stop promoting racism and fascism. I, I despise racist, racist and fascist, and I wouldn't promote them. An hour before Carlson's thing, the leftist mob showed up chanting, now, this time, finally, people did speak out, but they didn't speak out about all the other incidents before the election. Then it's gotten so bad. Now we've got MSNBC host Rachel Maddow. This is a break glass in case of emergency plan. Some 900 protests are supposed to take place. What is today? Today. I don't want to give too much. Apparently, moveon.org, according to some reports, is part of all of this. 
and it calls what indivisible guide. So now we have that, you know, then on top of that, MSNBCers are losing it. People should take to the streets, streets as we approach a constitutional crisis, a national emergency, take to the streets because Jeff Sessions resigned and was asked to move on. It's happening today. It's no surprise. Heilemann, that idiot that he is, to be at 30,000 feet about this one thing which the president is moving rapidly to shut down the Mueller probe. The president said in his press conference yesterday he's not doing that. They break the glass in case of emergency. People are going to get hurt here. It's not good. Uh, by the way, uh, Tyler Spady is with us. We just played witness the shooting. Tyler, first of all, I'm sorry. Nobody should ever have to go through that and have to witness that. Um, a very close friend of mine, I hear his niece, 18 years old, was killed in this shooting. Tell us what happened. Well, I mean, I'm just in – it's starting to really – hit me. I'm just in utter disbelief that it happened. Uh, we were, me and a couple friends, decided to go to Borderline that night, well, like we usually do on Wednesdays. I've been going there for two and a half years. It's a really nice area. We never thought that something like this could possibly happen. And uh, I was just standing by the dance floor and started making my way to my friends, and he started shooting. Did you get a good look at him? Um, I once I did see where he was, I just saw him in all black. And once he started shooting into the crowds that I was by, I just turned around and started running. But I, I saw that he was in all black and had a pistol. I'm sure it's just surreal. I mean, I, I know that we all like to think we're going to do this or that if we ever find ourselves in a position where there's an active shooter. But I, I just have to believe your first instinct is just to get to a place where you think you're going to be safe. And I don't think any place is safe in that environment. Yeah, I, I just immediately tried to get behind some cover, and then I, when I heard that there was nothing, no, no, no more shooting, I thought, okay, he must be reloading, and I took off for the door. Yeah. Um, did the people, how fast were, were law enforcement on the scene, and how quickly were people able to get help? It must have been within 30 seconds that I heard sirens outside. Uh, I'm not wow. quite sure how quickly they were on the scene, but um, I was took him out, out pretty quickly, though, the shooter. Uh, I believe so. I was out of borderline uh, within yeah. th two minutes of the shooting beginning, and then I was in a neighborhood with uh, a few people that I uh, had follow me um, within a four minutes of it, and the cops by that time were surrounding the building. I'm so sorry you went through that, and I just ask everyone just their prayers, their thoughts, their love to these people that have lost loved ones and suffered horrible injuries. We have... 12 people dead, 13 if you include the evil shooter. It's unbelievable that kind of evil exists, isn't it, Tyler? Just unbelievable. It, oh, it's, it's, it's sickening that, that it exists. But in, in this yeah. moment of horror, there are, there are some incredible people that um, have done the, be the most amazing thing you can do and is lay your life mm. down for a friend. And, uh, well, it's the uh, Bible, no greater love hath a man to, than to lay down his life for another, right? Exactly. 9-11, exactly. you're describing 9-11. Everyone's coming down the stairs, racing out, and all these other guys are doing what is instinctively the wrong thing to do, but they do it for others, and that's go up the stairs. I understand your father, David, is with us. We, David, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, for Sean. It's, uh, you know, a very difficult day for this I'm whole so community. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. 
Well, um, we live in one of the safest, uh, you know, communities in in America, according to FBI statistics. So you just don't anticipate something like this happening. And you know, this club where it happened is not a rowdy bar. It's a place where they have underage kids there from the colleges, and it's about having a good time, doing line dancing, and listening to music. And it's not a place that you know you would ever dream you'd, you'd get a call. We feel our kids are very safe when they go there. And uh, yeah, it's like a country music it. place, and they they have these clubs like that maybe serve alcohol but you have to have you have to have a special stamp or a special tag or something and the kids that are underage don't get served yeah and it's not a dark bar it's you know no. well lit as many of these country you know bars are and, and uh, clubs so well yeah, it's a I, shocker and and the, the whole community is, is is in shock it's it's almost like thanksgiving or christmas day when you when you go out on the streets here and even to the grocery stores everybody's just home you know the schools have uh, have closed for the day, and it's it's just a whole community that's grieving and in shock. I know Adam Housley, who I've worked with for years, and we've become particularly close over the years. He's such a good guy, and his wife is wonderful. And they lost their niece Elena in this shooting last night, and uh, I just it's so painful. Well, thank you both for giving us a report, letting us know evil exists, and um, this guy got what he deserved. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't. What motivates people to do this? It's all sorts of sick things that motivate people. All right, we got a lot more to get to. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, hour two. Sean Hannity show. Glad you're with us. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, toll free telephone number. Again, our thoughts and prayers. Twelve people dead. The shooter being thirteen. California. It's like a country bar. Apparently, it's like one of the nicest places kids can go. Um, but it's younger kids go as well where there's just music and, and dancing and a lot of fun. This shooter walks in there literally about 1130 last night, California time. It was college country night. Country music was playing. They do some line dancing and stuff like that. A lot of kids apparently from Pepperdine, which is a beautiful campus, beautiful university. And this guy walks in and just just starts firing people. One good thing, there were six off-duty officers at that bar last night, which kind of explains how quickly, we just had a, an eyewitness tell us that within 30 seconds, the sheriff got 30 seconds, and that's how much damage can be done. Imagine if these guys weren't there and couldn't get there that fast. Unbelievable. Thanks to all of them, they put their lives on the line for us all of the time, and uh, so many of our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Uh, we are watching the shenanigans. This is unbelievable that it keeps happening, but it does. And that is Broward County, Palm Beach County. Well, guess what? The Florida Senate race with Rick Scott, well, he was up by nearly 60,000 votes on election night. Now he's only up to 17. Marco Rubio has been tweeting out feverishly, the Broward election supervisor's ongoing violation of Florida law requiring timely reporting isn't just annoying incompetence. It has now opened up the door for lawyers to come here and try and steal a U.S. Senate seat and Florida cabinet seat. And Marco also warning, you know, he's being very upfront about this. It was, it was, Rick Scott was up by nearly 60,000. Now it's like down to 17,000. How do you find these ballots? How come every other county in Florida every year is capable of doing their job except these two predominantly radical Democratic counties? 
Now it means that they're going to have a recount, recount. You know, then it's who's going to have the machines? Who's going to play with the machines? You know, it's um, unbelievable. And so we'll be watching this very, very closely um, because you now have Rick's lead down to 17,344. How does this happen every single time? How do you go from that? Remember, it can happen. And nobody's telling anybody, well, how many ballots are left to count? We don't know. Just keep counting until you get to the number you need. Is that how that works? Anyway, it is uh, headed for a recount. So that means that the machines will be recounted again. And probably even in the governor's race with Ron DeSantis. I do not expect a change as I'm being told by others on the ground that this is going to, meaning the, if there's anything going on, they're going to find out about it. We have the issue now of a mob once again, this time gathering outside of Tucker Carlson's home. Oh, I forgot to read this part to you. We know where you sleep at night. Saying that to Tucker Carlson, his wife is in the house at the time, nearly breaking down the door. You know, I, I, this has to stop. Now, before the election, when all of this was happening to all of these women, you know, could we reap Maxine Waters now in power? Create a crowd. And I want you to follow them into grocery stores and department stores and gas stations. And I want you to tell them they're not wanted anymore. Any, they're not wanted anywhere anymore. You have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who's saying no peace, no sleep. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Not welcome anymore, anywhere, create a crowd. Well, they created a crowd. I call it a mob. Nobody in liberal media talked about it until uh, the pipe bomb thing came. Then they started blaming Trump for that in the synagogue shooting. Then they blamed Trump for that. Now that the election's over, now they say, well, maybe, maybe this is going too far. Where were they before as all of this was happening? You have the Gateway Pundit. Hours after this mob showed up at the home of my friend and colleague Tucker Carlson, an affiliated Twitter account published his home address, the address of his brother, along with the addresses of Ann Coulter, Daily Caller's Neil Patel, and Sean Hannity. We'll not be naming the account or linking to it, meaning the Gateway Pundit, but it has not been removed by Twitter at the time of this writing. Linda, maybe you can do something with that. You're the one person I know that could probably get that done. The account has 3,000 followers. It's called doxing, giving out information of, quote, right-wing media figures. And it's posted along with the message asserting that politics affects people's lives, demanding that people are harassing, stop promoting racism and fascism. You know, the day we heard about these bombs, what did I say? I don't want this in our country. Let me say this as a conservative leader in, in, on, on talk radio and on, on the Fox News channel and cable. If you're a conservative, if you like what I say, 
If you agree with what I say and you see any public figure that you don't like, that you don't agree with, that you have differences with, say nothing at all and leave them alone. If you want to say hi, say hi, disagree with you very politely. This is not how this is not how good people behave. I remember, you know, I ran into Senator Blumenthal during the middle of the Cal Kavanaugh hearing. Senator, how are you? What's going on? Had a discussion. It was respectful. I don't agree with the thing he says. But if you ever want to come on the show, let me know. We'd be glad to have you on as our guest. It didn't work out. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't even remember. But, you know, I'm looking at what these other cable channels are doing. This is, you know, they call themselves news. You know, the rhetoric leading up to this campaign has been, you know, the president's a Nazi and a racist. You know, if you demonize people that way, you're basically saying what? That you're dehumanizing them into something they're not? I've always talked about the horrible danger, horrible danger of, you know, calling people racist and sexist and xenophobic and homophobic and Islamophobic and that they want dirty air and they want dirty water and they want to kill children and they want granny thrown over a cliff. And this year it's about Nazism. MSNBC host Rachel Maddow, it's happening. This is a break the glass in case of emergency plan to protect the Mueller investigation. 5 p.m. local time, protest tomorrow, Thursday, November 8th. We knew this would happen at some point. This day has arrived. According to this report on foxnews.com, then she went on to promote a moveon.org event. Don't we have evidence of moveon.org's radicalism, Linda? And the things they promoted over the years? I mean, yeah, we have a lot of print things, sure. Yeah. Nobody's above the law. Anyway, leftist activists, oh, she was in charge of their coverage. She says she's a reporter. I'm a talk show host. Let me be very clear. What is a talk show host? Talk show host, sometimes I'm reporting on this terrible shooting. I'm just giving you facts, reporting on straight news. That's part of my job. And I can give commentary about it. It's evil. There's evil in our time. It's sad. We've done a lot of investigative reporting over the course of my career, and that would be vetting Obama when nobody else would, telling you how bad the Obama record was when nobody else would. That's investigative reporting, investigating the deep state, investigating the corruption at some of the highest levels, not rank and file guys in the FBI. They're great. But the FBI, the abuse of power, the real Russia dossier that Clinton bought and paid for that the media ignored. And, of course, the FISA court fraud that many ignored. And then, of course, the dissemination of the phony, unverified Russian dossier presented as gospel truth to the FISA court, but also disseminated as propaganda to the American people to help Hillary get elected. We did that, too. And then sometimes we just interview, do straight interviews, debate interviews. Sometimes we talk about sports. That's a talk show host. We're the whole newspaper. You ask these people what they do for a living, they will tell you they are journalists. Well, journalism is one job description of mine. Investigative journalism, opinionated journalism, advocacy journalism. I'd like to describe what we do as the whole newspaper. You know, there are people that just do news. I couldn't do just news. I mean, I like to do news, but 
I like to do news, opinion, commentary, do it all. I'm a talk show host. People hate the fact that that's my job. You're not a journalist. Well, you know, in a way I am. Do you think this is? Let's play Jim Acosta from yesterday. Jim Acosta. If I may ask one other question. Mr. President, if I may ask one other question, are you worried? That's enough. That's enough. Mr. President, I was going to ask one of the other folks. That's enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Mr. President. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other question. That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I'm not I'm not responding. I'm responding. Excuse me. I'm not responding to you. I'm talking to this gentleman. Will you please sit down? Excuse me. Excuse me. Would you please sit down? Please go ahead. How many more times does the president have to say no? There's a point where it gets, it's way beyond, it's not, he didn't want an answer from the president. He wanted to have a, a, a battle with the president. So the White House took away his credentials. Now, I don't know. I've always said that it would be tough to interview Barack Obama for a lot of reasons because you have to respect the office. And at some point when you don't, there's going to be payback. You know what's really sad? This is how twisted everything is. Remember Linda Sarsour? Remember, she was campaigning with, oh, the likes of Kristen Gillibrand and during this midterm election and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashiba Tlaib, both of whom won House races. And Kristen Gillibrand hinted after a re-election night that she might run for president. She's that's a dream. Anyway, one of the women that Gillibrand praises is Linda Sarsour poses the existence of Israel as a Jewish state, tweeting in October 2012, there's nothing creepier than Zionism. And yet even when Sarsour's anti-Israeli history is pointed out to Gillibrand by Rabbi Abraham Cooper of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, who asked the senator to reconsider her endorsement of Sarsour, Gillibrand stuck to her guns. Well, now Sarsour is blaming Israel for the Democrats' election losses on Tuesday. Well, this is now reported in the Daily Wire. It's pretty sick. Oh, Louis Farrakhan is now saying, I never led the Death to America chant in Iran. I I just asked how to pronounce it. There's a picture of him and Obama a couple of months ago. He was three seats down from Bill Clinton. Oh, by the way, Keith Ellison. Yeah, that Keith Ellison who uh, was given the presumption of innocence and due process that they never gave Kavanaugh. He won his race in Minnesota. Unbelievable. That's another bit of election results. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. By the way, none of the above is what tops the list of potential 2020 Democratic presidential candidates, according to a poll. That's so bad. And uh, liberals are blaming, quote, white women for Democrats' failures in the midterm elections. Quote, they're vicious. That was a headline on The Blaze today. Jameel Hill says the election of results prove more white women are not the real face of feminism. Well. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part uh, of this program. Um... What I now see happening, and you can see it in the media, they're angry. You can see it with these radical leftist groups, they're angry. 
you can see, you know, if they're now talking about resistance and you see Jim Acosta's, you know, handling of these things and you see the, the shenanigans always going on in Florida after it. They're all angry. And it's it was not the result that they expected or wanted. When Obama lost 69, they were hoping for a 100-seat blowout against Donald Trump. And his hard work pulled out Florida, in spite of the shenanigans, Tennessee, Indiana, Missouri, Texas, Georgia, and hopefully Arizona, which we're expecting an update on at some point. And when we do get that, we'll get it for you. But I'm going to tell you one thing you're going to watch, and we're going to be all over and you watch you know all the things that the liberals are now saying and the, all the investigations they they want to get into and and they're going to bring obamacare back and all of this nonsense I, the house better be prepared to defend from the radical left you got senior democrats indicating they want to impeach this president as i told you before the election We will be holding people accountable, said Jerry Nadler, tweeting following the Attorney General Jeff Sessions' resignation. The president has the right to hire and fire whoever he wants, and they don't deserve even an explanation. They don't have to give you an explanation. And House Democrats already have a list of Trump scandals that they're prepared to investigate. We'll get to all of this as we continue. 800-941-SHAWN. Your call is also coming up. All right, glad you're with us. Busy breaking news day as we're following a lot of stories out there. The terrible shooting out in California impacting a very close friend of mine, Adam Housley. Many of you know him from the Fox News Channel and all the years we've worked together. And his niece, sadly, was one of the victims, one of 12 that were killed in this shooting that took place uh, overnight. It was a it's basically a fun country place for young people. A lot of kids from Pepperdine University. Great school. Great, great school um, were there. And uh, we're following that. The shooter was killed. No indication. One report I saw, and I, I can't corroborate, confirm. I don't want to get into the speculation um, that there was some mental illness issues involved, that he had been cleared at some point in April uh, I've not been able to independently verify it. We'll we'll just watch, wait, and see. We are watching an unfolding mess, as far as I'm concerned, down in Florida. And there's something really, really wrong that this is allowed to happen year in and year out in the state of Florida. And now we just see, again, Broward County, Palm Beach County, unlike the rest of the state, cannot get their votes counted as is required by law. And now the margin in the Senate race, I think I said 17,000, is now down to 22,000 for Rick Scott, who was up by 60,000. Nobody in Broward County is answering any questions about, well, how many ballots remain? The erosion is largely coming from Broward, as well as Palm Beach County. Marco Rubio, we're trying to get on the phone about this, has been saying, he's tweeted out, Broward election supervisors' ongoing violation of Florida law requiring timely reporting isn't just annoying and incompetence. It has opened the door for lawyers to come here and to try and steal a seat in the U.S. Senate and a Florida cabinet seat. Apparently, this may now also trigger a recount, which shouldn't be a problem. Those are the machines down in Florida, but you never know in the DeSantis-Gillum race down there, 
we still all of a sudden, how is it possible every other state can confirm their election and Arizona now still has 500,000 votes to count? How come every other state can count their votes in a fairly expeditious, organized manner? You know, it doesn't instill confidence in the American people that every other state, every other county in Florida can do their job, but they can't. Anyway, Marco Rubio, you know, has gone on to say, and, you know, when it ended, he was down, it was up by about 60,000. Now it's like 20,000, meaning Rick Scott. And Florida's Senate race appears headed for a recount, as well as maybe the governor's race with Ron DeSantis. And, uh, you know, one has to ask, how is this even possible? This is the same county, by the way, that brought us swinging, hanging, dimpled, pimpled chads that literally had the presidency hanging in the balance up until December after the November election in, in 2000. It's uh, it, just something doesn't smell right here. One account has it down to 17,344. Marco Rubio said, latest polls, latest ballots dumped by Broward and or Palm Beach flipped the AG race, the, the AG, I guess, com race to Democrat. Shaved another 4,000 from Scott's lead in the Senate. Since 3 a.m. Wednesday, a slow drip from these two Democratic-controlled counties cut Rick Scott's lead from 54,000 to a little over 17,000. Well, how does that happen? How is it possible that they can't give anybody a straight answer about how many ballots are left and what took them so long and why they didn't follow the law that every other county in Florida has to follow? Ever notice that equal applications of our laws, equal justice under the law, that it doesn't apply for so many people? You know, and and this is the thing. We got Jeff Sessions' retirement which has now activated the resistance over in the media. Now, meanwhile, Tucker Carlson is just the latest victim. Now, finally, now the media is realizing this is a mob. But during the election, they didn't want to call it a mob because it would have hurt the chances. They only wanted to blame Donald Trump for the later incidents where they could say, well, the guy that that mailed bombs to these people, you know, that's inspired by Trump and hate and talk radio and Fox News. And they said the same thing about you know, the synagogue shooting. This is the, the, the one thing, re, the shooter in the synagogue, and our prayers still go out to these families that are just suffering. It's, it's, it's unimaginable pain. And all these families. And then to say, well, it's Donald Trump's fault. Donald, what? The guy hated Donald Trump. Why did he hate Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump has been the single most pro-Israel president in our lifetime. So many people had promised that they move the, you know, that the capital is Jerusalem and move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. This president did it. Others promised never delivered. President's comments about you, you try to destroy our Jewish friends and family. We will destroy you, which is as it should be. Our closest ally in the region. Always been there for us. The tiniest country, the size of New Jersey, and for most of their existence have been surrounded by nothing but hostility. And we have a moment that had been emerging until the murder 
looks like by the head of the Saudi family, the crown prince, I don't know to the extent his involvement doesn't look good. Does they go into the council in of Saudi Arabia and Turkey? This guy never comes out. Before that, there had been an emerging alliance between the U.S., Israel, the Saudis, the Jordanians, Egyptians against Iranian hegemony. And I got to tell you something. I'm staying here. I'm, and I got to tell you something. It is pretty unbelievable that they would that that was the type of garbage we heard. Sarah Sanders, Kristen Niels, all these people being a, literally run out of restaurants. Saw what happened to my friend, colleague Brian Kilmeade. Just horrible. Now they're now they're targeting the homes of people. They're doxing people. You don't know what doxing is. Well, that means that Antifa put out a the addresses of Tucker, of his brother, Coulter, Neil Patel, Sean Hannity. That would be me. It's not the first time this has happened to us. You know, they go to people's houses. I'm telling people, what have I been saying? I even said the day that, I think the first report was that the day before the other, what we thought were bombs, were mailed to people's homes, I think the first one was George Soros. What did I say on the air that day? I said, I, I, you know, I said, good God, we can't live in a country that does this. We got to protect every citizen. He's allowed Apparently to- an explosive device was found near at George Soros' home in his mailbox, the New York Times reported. You know, billionaire, leftist, globalist. Now, George Soros doesn't like Sean Hannity, and he funds a lot of groups that would love this show to go away. I want to be clear with everybody. This crap has got to stop. It has to stop. And I'm saying that if you're a conservative, you don't support this. That's that we fight on, you know, in the we have elections. I want elections before I didn't get everything I wanted on Tuesday, but I'm pretty happy with the results. And it's, it's over at MSNBC. This is break the glass in case of emergency plan. Protests tomorrow, 900 of them organizing street marches. Wow. And I get criticized because I say I am a conservative. I don't, no pretense. I am a talk show host. They say they're news people. Look at this idiot over there, the host of the circus. Now, it started out great. Then it became, what happened to one of the guys? I guess a Me Too issue. Didn't John Heileman, you know, the firing of Sessions, it was inevitable. They don't get along. It happens. But their reaction is to be put 30,000 feet above this one thing. The president's moving rapidly to shut down the Mueller probe. The president is not. Said as much yesterday. The Mueller probe is winding down. Looks like they may, they're trying to get, oh, Roger Stone. Good grief. And I'm sure, what is it, it going to be about? Taxes again? Maybe he wrote something wrong on a, a bank loan application again? We not mince words. This is have clarity, ambiguity. We're hurtling towards a constitutional crisis. By the way, they don't want to talk at all about the election over there. They don't want to talk about it at all. These same people, they act like they care about Russian interference. 
Not a word, not a peep. We actually have real evidence of Russian interference in the election. Hillary paid for that dossier. They never talk about it. They never mention it. It's not Russian interference they care about. It's political, cheap political points. It's not the truth they're pursuing. It's, it is the literally the extension of all things leftist, socialist, democratic. That is what is represented as news today. That's who they are. Now it's, you know, the president said mob versus jobs. Well, the mob gathering outside of people's houses is getting extraordinarily dangerous. D.C. Antifa publishing the home addresses of me and others is pretty dangerous. If I ever told you the story about how much, how many threats, the kind of threats, the things I've dealt with in the 30 years I've been doing this, I don't even think you'd believe me. I just don't go out there and talk about it. Or whine about it. It's a pretty sick world out there. I will tell you that. Pretty twisted. Pretty ugly. As we saw in Thousand Oaks last night. Evil can represent itself in many, many different forms, unfortunately. It is, um, you know, we're going to watch and see. I didn't finish my thought before. You know, with this new Congress, we pretty much know what they want to do and where they want to go. How much do you think of their agenda is ever going to be about you, we, the people? You're going to be very glad when you get an opportunity to see Pelosi, Nadler, the liar, Shifty Schiff, Maxine Waters, impeach 45, reclaiming my time. You know, we're going to do to you what you did to us as the head of the, the House Finance Committee, which deals with Wall Street. By the way, in exit polls, it showed that as it relates to Robert Mueller, and we must protect Robert Mueller, as part of the 2018 midterm elections, several news organizations conducted polls asking voters what they did and what issues they cared the most about. Lots said health care. That was their top issue. Uh, immigration reform was a top issue. The economy was a top issue. Gun policy was a top issue. You know what came in? A, More than a dozen issues pulled 1%. Russia collusion and Mueller wasn't even one of those. Not even 1%. And everybody's upset that the acting attorney general, Matthew Whitaker, is not going to recuse himself. Why should he? And anyway, the Washington Post reported, according to people close to him, Whitaker has no intention of recusing himself, meaning he doesn't feel the need. He's the one that makes that decision. Oh, Rod Rosenstein, he didn't recuse himself, and he's involved in the case. He wrote a letter to fire Comey. That's part of the investigation. And he signed the fourth and final FISA warrant. Nobody cared about that either. Nobody cared about when conservative women and Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz and his wife were getting run out of restaurants. They only cared about it if they could blame Trump in the case of the guy that was sending these bombs. And thank God none of them went off. Or the shooting up of the synagogue, which they could politicize. Anyway, he wrote in 2017 that the Mueller investigation has gone too far. Yeah, I would argue that mandate, which is pretty much, if it can go from Russia to the Ukraine to a loan application to lying under oath, even though two FBI agents think you didn't lie under oath, yeah, I would say the mandate is too far. And all these people 
on the left that wanted Sessions fired, didn't want him in there. Now they're upset that he's fired because they like the fact that he wasn't doing anything. Great guy, good man, wrong job. Maxine Waters, Trump is trying to stop the Mueller probe. He does what he wants like a dictator. John Brennan, it's a constitutional crisis. Every day it's with him, it's a constitutional crisis. I can't wait to get to the bottom of what Brennan knew and when he knew it. wonder when we're going to get to that. They have a list of scandals that they're going to be investigating. That's the latest of the Democrats. Subpoenas are coming. And Trump's answer to that is, yes, exactly. We can do the same thing. Maxine Waters is promising it. Nancy Pelosi's promising it. Adam Schiff is promising it. Gerald Nadler, you know, Democrats will impeach Kavanaugh and investigate Trump. Democrats, this is what they're going to, what are they going to do to help the American people? You buckle up because this is going to be, we're going to expose what they do on a daily basis. Or rather, what they don't do to help you, the American people. Because that, that's what it should be about. They're supposed to be public servants. Action by the president of the United States to fire him is directly connected uh, to the investigation that is being led by Mueller. This president is interested in undermining that investigation, stopping that investigation. He has threatened to fire him. Of course, many of us have been opposed to Jeff Sessions for a lot of reasons, his racist background, et cetera, et cetera. But this president is focused on him and fired him literally because I think he's putting into action the plan by which to stop the investigation. But this is very dangerous. He wants to act like a dictator. And so here we are. We find ourselves at a point in time where there are a lot of people who really believed uh, that we could work together. So now he's talking about investigating those who would in any way be involved in an investigation that is ongoing. What's your reaction to Jeff Sessions? being fired today. It's a break the glass moment. Our democracy is under attack because the president has completely broken the norms of the normal succession process. It's a kind of slow motion Saturday night massacre as occurred under President Nixon. And the man he's chosen is someone who provided a roadmap for how to stifle and strangle the special counsel investigation. He called it Mueller's lynch mob. And he said the way to do it was to, in effect, deny funding, stifle it that way, or cut authority or disapprove indictments. That clearly creates an imperative for recusal by him and, if not, action by the Congress. Well, there's a law and there's a test that apply to what he just did. The law is the Vacancies Reform Act. You can argue that it's ambiguous whether he could do what he just did. There's a test that is very unambiguous. It's called the smell test. This doesn't pass the smell test, Allie. The common practice, the custom, and it was well-informed was when an attorney general left, you had a Senate-confirmed person in the seat so that you couldn't have something happen like this. On a certain level, this is worse than Watergate because the Saturday Night Massacre, he kept firing Senate-confirmed people until he found uh, Bork, who was a Senate-confirmed person, uh, to do this. All right, News Roundup Information Overload, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Maxine Waters, 
uh, Richard Blumenthal, Tom Perez. The, you know, the, uh, the great irony here is all of the people on the left that wanted Jeff Sessions fired and not have him as attorney general and have him recused, etc. Now they're all saying the same thing. And they all love Derek Holder, who is the most political AG in history. All right, we have libertarian criminal defense attorney uh, David Schoen is with us. Greg Jarrett, he's been calling for Sessions to go for a long time. His number one New York Times bestseller, The Russia Hoax. Thank you both for being with us. Um, let's break this down. All of a sudden, Sessions finally gets out of the way. Um, what bothers me about this on a personal level, and I'm very serious about this, Greg, I, I had known Sessions for a lot of years, known him to be a nice, decent man. Um, a solid, smart conservative, former AG of Alabama. I, I'd never recognize this person as the AG for President Trump. I don't know what he did. I have no idea what he was, why he recused himself. We're not t- telling the president ahead of time before he took the office and the job. He was going, going to do that. I think that was wholly unfair to the president. And I, I you know, and all the other crimes we talk about from the Hillary's rigged investigation, exoneration without investigation, you know, to starting up the Russia investigation under false pretenses. And then, of course, the fraud committed on FISA courts, the dissemination of propaganda uh, paid for by Hillary by high ranking members in the intel community. And then you have, of course, Lisa Page Page saying just before Mueller's appointed, we had no evidence. Peter Strzok said there's no there there. Well, then it fits into a media leak strategy where they had circular reporting, but one source to lie to people um, leading up to the insurance policy, which seems to be the appointment of Mueller in these false charges of Russia collusion and also ignoring the real evidence, which is Hillary bought and paid for Russian dossier. Well, I agree with you, and I wrote a column. Uh, it's on foxnews.com. And, uh, you know, I go through the long, exhaustive list of Sessions' uh, incompetence in ineffectiveness. He really is the personification of misfeasance and nonfeasance. He was missing in action. And, and Trump said it best. In a recent interview, he said, I don't have an attorney general. And that's why he was finally, if belatedly, shown the door yesterday, and it should have happened a long time ago. Uh, But I understand that uh, it was unwise politically uh, and electorally imprudent to do it. But look, Sessions refused to present the compelling evidence of Clinton's criminality to a grand jury. He never looked into her role in paying for Russian information that was fed to the FBI for the purpose of damaging Trump. And when evidence emerged that people at the FBI, the Department of Justice, had launched an investigation without reason, without evidence, without probable cause, he should have turned that information over to a grand jury to look into the actions of James Comey, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, Bruce Orr, and others. He never did it. And so, you know, he committed multiple mistakes, and he deserved to be fired. But the worst mistake of all was concealing his recusal from Trump and betraying their trust. From the moment Sessions was sworn in, he poisoned their relationship. You were were the first one to figure out that he even cited the wrong statute as a a justification for the recusal. That was a big deal. 
Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely true. You know, you uh, recuse yourself uh, in criminal cases under federal regulations. At the time he recused himself, it was a counterintelligence probe. So recusal and disqualification had no relevance or application. He was snookered by Obama holdovers at the Department of Justice, or he just wasn't smart enough to comprehend and understand the federal regulations. And but for his mistaken recusal, there would never have been the appointment of a special counsel and this nightmare that Americans and Trump have endured for the better part of two years. You know, the one thing that I don't understand in all of this, David Schoen, I, I know the Democrats are all giddy. They think they're going to have, well, uh, one one basic, I don't know, investigation after another as it relates to Donald Trump. Now that they are the head of these committees, Donald Trump says, well, we could do the same thing back to you, too. And did Adam Schiff leak confidential information to the news media? That could be a separate investigation. And the Senate can finish the job of what the House has been doing. So all of their giddiness that they might have that, oh, finally, the the investigation into the investigators is going to come to an end. I don't really see that happening at all. And I could actually see the appointment of a another special counsel looking into the Clinton-Russian connection and dossier. And I can I see an investigation into why they exonerated her and were writing an exoneration before an investigation. Uh, the abuse of the intelligence community, and that would be surveillance and unmasking and leaking raw intelligence. That would be the case of Michael Flynn and disseminating you know, an unverified dossier, uncorroborated dossier, and presenting it as fact to a FISA courts on four separate occasions, I would think a lot of people would be in legal jeopardy. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Listen, you know, people have been walking on eggshells even within the administration until the midterms. All of the all of the very strong reasons for uh, the appointment of a new special counsel uh, and all of the other steps the Department of Justice really needs to take, they all apply in full force now. Midterms are behind us. If the Democrats intend to start uh, more and more witch hunts by congressional committees um, and trying to stymie any action by this administration by doing so, the Department of Justice is going to have to take a stand that should have been taken a while ago. And I have to say one thing. You know, we listened to some of the recordings from lunatics, frankly, um, bemoaning a constitutional crisis, so-called, with the um, resignation of Mr. Sessions. They're absolutely wrong. Of course, the Constitution, Article 2, permits the president now to designate first Mr. Sessions. And now there are several bases for him to appoint uh, this acting attorney general. This is his agency. Um, and again, there are a number of, you know, some people are saying, well, he didn't follow the norm, the, the DOJ succession statute or the executive order on it. They're just wrong. I mean, the executive, there's a presidential executive order exactly on uh, the succession in this circumstance. And it says, notwithstanding the provisions of the order, the president uh, has the, uh, the right to depart from the order, designating his own acting attorney general. Um, the Federal Vacancies Reform Act permits it. Someone's going to raise a question. Well, uh, Whitaker wasn't a person confirmed by the Senate, and that's really what's anticipated by the Federal Vacancies Reform Act. Uh, you know, that may get litigated. The president had every right to do what he did. They're wrong that this man should recuse himself simply because he wrote uh, this op-ed piece. He wrote an op-ed piece as a citizen, and he's right on on the issues. 
Uh, right, we're going to take a break. Hang on right there. Greg Jarrett, David Schoen, uh, more on all of this. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel, uh, literally calls by, quote, news organizations to organize. And, you know, the mobs now showing up at any conservative house they want. Antifa giving out the addresses of prominent conservatives, including yours truly, uh, will deal with the sore loser mentality, the attempt at trying to, it looks like, make up votes in Broward County down in Florida and not abiding by the law down there. It shouldn't work. It won't work. We'll get to all of that tonight. Nine Eastern Hannity on the Fox News Channel. And as we continue, Greg Jarrett and David Schoner with us. You know, the acting attorney general, Matthew Whitaker, the more I read about him, the more he seems to be somebody that believes in equal justice and application of our laws. And while Rod Rosenstein was busy appointing Mueller to investigate the Russiagate hoax, well, Whitaker was arguing that Hillary Clinton should have been indicted for compromising U.S. national security with her illegal email server. In other words, he was interested interested in prosecuting genuine criminal behavior while Rosenstein, Mueller, and by extension, I guess, Sessions, because he recused himself, we're happy to let Hillary slide on these issues. Um, what do you think that means for Hillary Clinton? Is there any statute of limitations, Greg Jarrett? Well, there are some statute of limitations. However, she hid evidence and destroyed evidence which could arguably toll or extend the statute of limitations on many of the potential charges against her. Some have yet to run. So uh, I think that this is a man... Matthew Whitaker, who wants to uphold the rule of law and the important principle that nobody is above the law, even those who are in law enforcement, like Comey and McCabe and Strzok and Page and Orr. Uh, And certainly, you don't get a free pass or a get-out-of-jail-free card simply because you held public office as Secretary of State and ran for president, which seems to be the argument of some. I'd just like to say that for those who immediately, like Schumer and Pelosi, said, oh, Whitaker has a conflict of interest. These are not lawyers. They've never bothered to read the law. I read the law. It's in my book. And a uh, conflict of interest that's disqualifying is when somebody has a personal or professional relationship with a person involved in the case. That, you know, making a comment about a case is not a conflict of interest under the law. So, as usual, Schumer and Pelosi and many in the media who said the same yesterday and today don't know what they're talking about. They're ignorant of the law. The new attorney general won't recuse himself from the Russiagate probe. He has been firm about that. What about what Pelosi, Schumer, Schiff, Warner demanding of the DOJ and the FBI that they defy the president's declassification order, and that would be on the FISA warrants, gang of eight materials and the 302s, um, and they would be unredacted, and the American people get to see whether or not a fraud was committed on the court once and for all. David Schoen. Yeah, I mean, they're just dead wrong again. You know, uh, that that kind of talk is the kind of talk that raises a, the specter of a constitutional crisis. It is clear under the Constitution and under all of the relevant statutes of national security and otherwise that the president is the ultimate arbiter of what gets declassified. He has every right to do it here. The American people not only should allow it, they should demand it. The American people must know what these documents say. There's no ongoing investigation that this could disrupt or put at risk. The president wants the truth to get out. The president wants the American people to have all of the facts. That's what they deserve. 
that's what an investigation ought to require. Um, the last thing I would ask is, is it so it is now possible that everything now gets on the table? How would that work? Because obviously House Democrats leading committees aren't going to do it. Would it take a special counsel appointed by the interim attorney general? Would it take it looking specifically into the issues of the corrupt abuse of power investigation that we have all been calling for as it relates to, you know, Comey and all the top brass at the FBI and, you know, all these people that have been uh, that we have been talking about, DOJ. I mean, McCabe, Comey, Page, Strzok, uh, Bruce Orr. Et cetera. I mean, is, is that all a possibility? It is a possibility. It's very simple. It could happen a couple of ways. First, the acting attorney general, Mark Whitaker, uh, Matt Whitaker, excuse me, could uh, simply um, uh, present the evidence that has been accumulated. And there is a lot of it uh, that the FBI and the Department of Justice uh, were using phony, unverified, fabricated evidence to spy an American citizen. That should be presented to a grand jury. Indictment should be rendered if there's sufficient proof. All right, we're just out of time. Guys, thank you uh, for being with us. Wish I just didn't manage my clock well this half hour. Thanks for being with us. David Schoen, Greg Jarrett. Quick break, right back. The media coverage set a new record and a new standard. One, I was tempted to ask you why you like Oprah so much, but I, I think I'll go on to the question that... Uh, why do I like Oprah? <laughs> what kind of a question is it? Yeah, I'm just asking. Just curious. But he's the real a, question... He's a comedian here. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I, I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in, in the midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, if let's you don't go, mind, Mr. President, Come on. that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, yeah, I, Mr. President... I consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. It's a... It's a, a a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling and me that. I why, why did you why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But, Honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? Of, that's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was enough. Going to ask one other. The other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if go. I may ask. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, I'm not a big fan of us. yours either. So I there, understand. To be honest, so me- All right. That was part of the president's uh, press conference yesterday. Some 90 minutes, 68 questions. The hostility in the room was beyond palpable. Uh, this is. It's now reached a level of hatred, uh, bias. Um, almost psychosis in the case of many, you know, I keep saying that they're really journalism in America. The way we knew it is dead. It is gone. Uh, there's a pretense. They call themselves news channels. They, they don't like the fact that I say that I am a talk show host, talk show host. I have many roles. I'm honest about my roles. Sometimes we do straight news. We just talk about whatever, whatever that news happens to be. God forbid a shooting like we saw earlier today, I cover that as a straight news story until we have more information. Other times we do investigative journalism. We've broken a lot of stories about Obama, his background, his radical ties that the rest of the media ignored. 
We also broke stories about the deep state, the abuse of power, the corruption at the highest levels of the DOJ and the FBI. Those stories were broken. A lot of times I give very strong opinion. I don't hide my conservatism. I don't hide that I support the president and really want him to succeed. But these guys claim that they are journalists. They claim they work for news organizations. But it's now become every second, every minute, every hour of every day. It's just a a palpable, outright hatred, contempt of Trump married to and coupled with an agenda that is all things Democrats. Anyway, Bill O'Reilly joins us uh, now, I think, his fourth week, number one, with his brand new book uh, that is out there. I've read it cover to cover. It's part of his Killing series. And uh, Bill O'Reilly, congratulations. What is it, four weeks now, number one? Yeah, Killing the SS is, uh, you know, befuddling them at the New York Times. It'll be number one on Sunday again. And uh, I appreciate all your help getting the word out. About the book, Sean. Very nice. Well, I'm going to tell you what I really liked about the book, and then we can go back to my question in a minute. I really firmly believe that most Americans, the overwhelming majority of Americans, are just good people. And these are people that work hard, play by the rules, pay their taxes, raise their kids, obey the laws. They do everything right, and they end up getting screwed a lot of times by government. But what I have discovered is it's really hard for good people to wrap their arms around the fact that there is evil, the former Soviet Union under Stalin, evil, communism, fascism, Nazism, which your book goes into in in deep, deep detail and finding these people years after the the murders and the atrocities and the evil was perpetrated on their fellow man. Our modern day evil is radical Islamists, Al Qaeda, ISIS. There is evil, but most people don't want to, you know, wrap their arms around it. We look away, and they did that in Germany, and we're seeing a rise of evil in America. Look at the shooting out in California uh, today. I mean, it, it's like every week, and this is evil. That's, and um, If you kill somebody like that, you're evil. You're right. Yeah. I mean, and, and so there's the old cliche, if you see something, say something. Um, and that's how everybody can fight evil. You see evil? Find somebody to tell, whether it's the authorities, whether it's somebody's parents, what it may be. Don't turn away from evil, as the Germans did with the SS 75 years ago. Uh, Before I get into the issues of the press and you spent a big portion of your career working in the media, uh, you know, I look at the history. When Bill Clinton had his first midterm election, he lost eight Senate seats and he lost 50 two House seats. Barack Obama lost six Senate seats and 63 House seats. And I kind of like to look at things through the prism of history a little bit. And the 30 some odd seats that the president lost in the House in his first midterm, and it looks like three Senate seat pickups on his part, seems to me to have really bucked a trend. And the states where he campaigned, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, North Dakota, Indiana, Missouri, uh, Texas in particular, did really well. How do you interpret these results? Well, I think the Senate's going to be 54 Republicans, and um, so obviously that's a victory for the Republican Party. And the, my analysis on BillOReilly.com was that people didn't vote against the House candidates for policy reasons. So the economy's good, strong, everybody knows it. Foreign policy, pretty robust. You don't hear about ISIS anymore. That's a huge victory that uh, I think Mr. Trump should tout a little bit more than he does. Because on policy basis, both Obama and Clinton had big problems in their first terms. Uh, Trump been pretty successful in policy. He's been pretty successful. 
So uh, if he can moderate his personal um, agenda a little bit, then that will he'll be a stronger candidate two years from now. So look, there have been a lot of people. Everyone seems to think, well, Hannity, you have so much influence with the president. And if I did, well, way early in the campaign when he was running, I said at one point, this was during the primaries, I said, you know, you need to stop tweeting. Yeah, he doesn't like you anyway. He told me that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like you. <laughs> I don't blame him. No, he uh, just knows you have the highest rated show on yeah. cable. When I had the um, highest rated show on cable, he liked me. Now he doesn't hey, like by, me. By the way, I want to bring you back. It's a lot easier being number two, O'Reilly. I just want you to know that. Uh, you know? Listen, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm watching easier. what's happening to you and the other successful uh, <laughs> uh, Fox News people. And look, but that happened to me, as you know, for 15 years. Well, I'm it happened to me on listen, my front lawn for 15 years. It's happened to all of us. Yeah, Anyb- anybody that is different, because, and this is what I really want to get into. You know, I'm looking at these articles today and these tweets. Look at Rachel Maddow. She's giving out information. Resist. It's happening. This is a break the glass in case of emergency plan to protect the Mueller investigation. 5 p.m. local time. Protest tomorrow. She's talking about 900 protests around the country. You saw, I'm sure, what happened to our our friend and, and our colleague, Tucker Carlson and what happened at his house. I know you've been through it. I've been through it. I've been through it for 20 years. Uh, things that I can't even mention on this radio program. Um, I've had white powder sent to my office. I had an assistant of mine literally 11 hours in in isolation thinking it was anthrax because that's what they said it was. We've had ricin sent to the president, secretary of defense, FBI director. We have all these people confronted in restaurants. Now Tucker Carlson's home and family are being threatened. Right, They're getting right up in our face right where we live. Yeah. And something's going to happen. Well, look, they're inciting violence. That's a crime. Uh, so I hope that uh, some of those people are prosecuted by the D.C. authorities, federal offense in the district. In my house, it got so bad I had to have people live in, inside my house. Security people actually sleep in my house. And people say, hey, O'Reilly, come back to TV. You know, we miss you all that. You know what? I don't miss that. I don't miss having people, security guards, armed guards, sleeping inside my house. I've had the same thing. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, my kids are looking at me like, is this Uncle Fred? Yeah. You know, come on. Uh, It it is so out of control. Yet, uh, do we see a New York Times editorial on that? Uh, No. Well, mostly we keep it private. I mean, mostly. Yeah, but they know what's happening. They know Antifa. You got these groups, and they're on the net. And they put out something, meet at so-and-so's house at 3 o'clock, or, uh, hey, uh, Senator Cruz is in a restaurant, uh, everybody get over there so we can't eat. I mean, who's doing that? Who's doing that? Who's it's who, on the who, far left. That's who's doing it. And it's like we were just talking about, it. that's evil. You don't turn away from that. So I hope these people who are inciting violence, I hope they're charged. That's the only way it's going to stop. You know, I said recently, and I know the the media that ignored all that was happening to Secretary Nielsen and Sarah Sanders. Sarah Sanders has her kids with her, and Ted Cruz, yeah. Pam Bondi couldn't even go to a movie by herself, and all these other incidents, Mitch McConnell, all the rhetoric leading up to it. It's, it's the mob mentality, and people feel free to really get in your grill. We saw it happen to our other our co- former colleague of yours, colleague, you know, Brian uh, Kilmeade, Tucker Carlson. Our home addresses are now being plastered all over the Internet by Antifa and other groups. Uh, You know, a lot of these people we're talking about have families, they have children, they have wives. 
and it's it's extraordinarily dangerous. And I remember when, for example, people were complaining that the crowds at the Trump rallies say, you know, CNN sucks, and they do, uh, or fake news, and they said that's going to lead to violence. I said, wait a minute, I'm the first one. If I'm there, I will jump on stage in the crowd, and I will fight for you. And I don't particularly like them individually. I would not let anybody lay a hand on any reporter ever. I stand behind that. And, you know, with the Acosta thing, I wrote a column on BillOReilly.com. And I, I didn't like to write this column because I've been, as you point out, around for a long 45 years, 45 years in the journalism industry. I don't want to uh, encourage anybody to lose their credentials. I said yesterday, right after that display, that the um, Trump administration should pull his credentials. And here's why. His job is to get information to the American people, right? That's a job of the White House correspondent. It's a prestigious job. I think John Roberts of Fox is the best of them, okay? But it's an important job because you don't get constant access to the president. So when I saw Acosta jump up and then give his opinion, this is the first thing he did. He didn't ask a question. He basically said, ah, you know this caravan. They're not an invasion force. You know that. Like, you're a liar. You're an idiot. Okay? And you know that this is a fallacious uh, situation. Well, hold it. That's not your job. All right? Your job is if you want to get that a point, you say, some people believe you've overstated that the, uh, the caravan is an invasion force. Um, do you see their point? That's how you ask that question. Let me ask you this, because um, you did get interviews with Obama. Uh, how many times did you interview him? Three. I said at the time when he was president, for me, that would be an almost impossible interview because you respect the office. Let's say I, I asked him about Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn, questions I would have asked. Right. that I felt he never really got questioned or pushed on. Or I asked him more about Reverend Wright or if he ever met Farrakhan. It turns out there's a picture eight years later. It was hidden from everybody. I would not have the luxury of really being rude to the president because I respect the office. It's the hardest. It's the and hardest. You could have asked those interview. questions and you would have. I, but that would you be would it. have in a way that was certainly appropriate. Look, you know. I, when I, I interviewed five prisons. All right. Mm -hmm. And I asked all of them very tough questions. You can Google O'Reilly Obama, O'Reilly Bush, the younger O'Reilly Bill Clinton. And you could see mm -hmm. because absolutely you just hit it right on the head. You respect the office. I do. I really right. do. Every, and every journalist is trained to do that. So Acosta knows that. I mean, he's not an idiot. But you hear the language on. on but he's a grandstander. He's doing a liar. it. I've heard, you know, racist, liar, liar, racist, you know, every day. Yeah, and, and, but I want to I just, so your audience understands this crystal clear. Acosta knew what he was going to do, and that is provoke Donald Trump. He wasn't there to ask a question or elicit information. He was there to provoke him. He also knew that his masters at CNN wanted that provocation. They wanted it, all right? So he knew he was going to get uh, lauded. And he knew that the club was going to stand behind him. The club is the other White House correspondents, yeah. which they absolutely have. So he knew that by provoking the president rather than trying to do his job by getting information about the caravan, all right, would get him on Colbert, on The View, would get him a raise at CNN and maybe a book deal. 
Killing SS, number one on the New York Times list. Bill O'Reilly, thanks for being with us. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. The mobs now sending out addresses of conservatives and news, so-called news people, NBC, helping to organize resistance rallies. Are the Democrats trying to steal the election down in Florida? Rick Scott will join us. Also, Mike Huckabee, Jim Jordan, Dan Bongino, Greg and Sarah, and Matt Schlapp. All coming up tonight. Hannity, Fox News, 9 Eastern. We'll see you then. An important show tonight. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Born on America's darkest day, 9-11-01, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping American heroes ever since. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, well, Tunnel to Towers, they pay the mortgage on the family home off to lift that financial burden. Now, for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds, well, mortgage-free smart homes. That enables severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently And through the Foundation's Homeless Vets Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless vets. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. And people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 bucks a month. Go to their website. It's the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance, and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider.